0: What's going on, everybody? This is SecDevOps.ai. Yes, sir. Welcome back to the show. Glad to be back again. Another special guest, Charity Wright. We actually met this year. Yeah. Be early this year, like before I went to Netflix, before all this craziness happened. <laughs> and uh I, I don't think you realized you had met me at one point. You're like, hey, I'd love to meet you one day. Like we we've met. That was after your talk. I, I said you had a great talk. You're like, hey, yeah, yeah, kid, get out of here. It was before you went viral <laughs> <Nah>. on LinkedIn. <laughs> before the pick at the Netflix sign. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah. no, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, huge fan of yours. I love the stuff that you're putting out there on LinkedIn. Uh, you're getting a lot of buzz. A lot of people want to talk to you because you're doing really, really great work. Uh, for the people that, that don't know you yet, uh, what has sort of been your background and, and what are you doing now?
1: Yeah. Um, well, I started in the U.S. Army. I am a Chinese linguist, and I worked at NSA for several years. So intelligence is my background. And then in 2015, I pivoted into cyber because I figure it's the future. It is. Future of warfare, too. So um, I've been doing cyber threat intelligence since 2015, and now I work at Insights um, doing dark web threat intel. Whew. That's
2: a yeah, lot. Nice. It's so fun. Yeah, that's fun stuff. Yeah. So how did you get into this all of this? Uh I know that you were in the military, but what sparked your interest in joining in the first place and choosing that type of work?
1: Um, honestly, I when I signed up to be a linguist, I didn't know I was gonna be doing anything top secret or intelligence related. That was kind of a perk. Oh. So nice. yeah, this recruiter found me at University of North Texas and he actually knew about the linguist program. And he was like, hey, we really need people to learn foreign languages for the army. And I was like, that sounds challenging. Sounds good. You know, it was 2005. So I figured I'm going to learn Arabic and go to Iraq. Mm -hmm. And then I got through basic training and I was the only one assigned to learn Mandarin Chinese. And I'm like, hold on, why? Yeah. What's going on?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Is it because of the difficulty and you had such an aptitude for, for language? They were like, this person's I mean, that's what they said. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, guys,
1: this must be a mistake. I could barely learn Spanish in high school. And oh, they're like, wow. they like, I don't know, your tests were good, so you're going to go learn Chinese. Do you keep yeah. that
0: sharp, or are you still pretty sharp in Mandarin? I'm working on it, yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, still serving in the Texas Army National Guard as a linguist, so they give me refresher training. Yeah, very nice. Yeah. Very it's, cool. it's hard when you don't use it, you lose it. Yeah, you
0: know? yeah so... I- I made maybe one big pivot, but it sounds like you've had to make a couple pivots, right? From linguists to Intel to cybersecurity. So how did you make that transition from Intel to like cybersecurity?
1: Yeah, um, it was a challenge, especially as a veteran. I was Mm -hmm. out of the army at that time. And I had just moved home to Dallas, and there's no government agencies there. Right. So I'm thinking, like, what's a Chinese linguist going to do here? Mm -hmm. And I started looking around um, at kind of what was trending in the job market at that time. And I noticed that um, cybersecurity was, you know, increasing, but I didn't know anybody in the industry. Right. And so I started looking for intelligence analyst jobs. Yeah. And something popped up at a local a uh, cybersecurity company, like a secure cloud host right. company. And so I reached out to them in LinkedIn, and I said, what is this uh, analyst position all about? And they said, well, it's analyzing cyber threats. Right. And I was like, bro, I don't know anything <laughs> about cyber, but I want to learn yeah. all the things. Right. And I lucked out because all the leadership there were military veterans, mm-hmm. you know, former U.S. cyber commander and yep. – a retired Marine gunnery Sergeant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so w- during the interview, I told them, uh, I'm teachable. Yeah. I can learn, give me a chance. I'll, I'll do whatever I can to prove myself. And they said, you're on love that. So I, that's how I broke into it. And I still give them so much credit for giving me that opportunity.
2: Wow. So, awesome. so yeah. was this on the job that you have picked up all of your expertise or was this also through formal training and education?
1: Well, I did go to college for international studies, and I have a associate's degree in Chinese, so all that helps a lot, especially when looking at geopolitical situations and how they affect cyber threats. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but basically... I did a lot of training during that first year in cyber, you know, working close to the SOC, sitting in on every meeting possible and just trying to learn as much as I could by absorbing, Right. you know, all the new terminology. Yes, um, the alphabet soup. Yes, <laughs> it was overwhelming the first year, but it was kind of like, you know, the fire hose technique. It, it was good. It was a good experience. Very nice. Yeah.
2: So what about uh, education for cyber? Did you go to any SANS courses or – Maybe some black hat courses. Yes. Uh, okay.
1: So uh I started out doing security plus training. Uh I did like a boot camp mm-hmm. to get certified there and I still recommend that as like a really good first start for anybody yep, that's absolutely. new. Absolutely. Um, and then I went to the SANS CTI course as soon as it came out. Yeah. I was lucky to have Rob Lee as an yeah. instructor. Very nice. Yeah. Beast that, of an instructor. Absolutely. And he's just, you know, full of knowledge and incredible mentor too. So definitely that's where I started the training.
2: Great. That's mm-hmm. uh that's awesome.
1: Yeah.
0: So is there anything that you see right now? in the space of cti that you you want to change because i see you're doing a lot of things yeah and i i see there's a lot that that i think we can improve on is there one thing that like sort of your soapbox like we need to do more of this
1: Mm. well yeah i may be a little bit biased but i've always thought that um let's say criminal underground activity is really important part of cyber threat intel programs absolutely um, there is so much crime affecting companies and organizations around the world that is not uh, readily accessible in the clear web. Right. Um, and so I think it's it's really important to have visibility into those threats mm-hmm. and know exactly what threat actors are doing to target those organizations.
0: Right. Because there's more money in the space now. Absolutely. And when there's more money, there's more crime. Yes. And there, yes. There's more organized crime. Mm-hmm. It's a billion-dollar industry being in this the cybersecurity crime business. It's huge. So what are some of the, the things that you look for when you're actually doing your, your research? Mm-hmm. Like, So what do you do like on a day-to-day when it comes to doing your your underground stuff.
1: Yeah. So anything that directly affects our customers and their assets. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about mentions of company names, brand names, IP addresses, you name right. it, their infrastructure, um, their domains. Um so we go looking for, like we call them golden alerts. Mm-hmm. These alerts that are really very valuable intel, actionable intel for the customer. Yep. Let's say a hacker is selling access to an admin database mm-hmm. or a hundred credentials for employees. Um, you know, We're trying to hand that information over to the customer as soon as possible so they right. can remediate it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we, uh, you know, at Insights, we remediate the issue too. Mm-hmm. So we engage with the threat actors. Uh, using these anonymous avatars. Yeah, and right. It's, it's kind of fun. You get in there, um, get in on the action. And if we can, we'll buy the services and products off of the market so right. that it's not in the wrong hands. Yeah,
2: very mm-hmm. cool. Wow. So I'm sure you've seen some ac- probably innovative services and offerings just by doing the research. Uh, what is something interesting that comes to mind that you've seen as a service that you can purchase?
1: Yeah. Well, we just came out with a report called The Dark Side of Russia. And one of the most interesting things that is in this report is that um, right now in Russia, insider trading and insider information is really valuable. Um, It's trending in that market where it's not really trending in other languages and regions. Right. So what we're seeing is Russians working in organizations like telecom companies, ISPs, government agencies. And what they're selling... (laughs) On the dark web, deep and dark web, is um, services like, for instance, one guy is selling cell phone tracking service. Um, he has access to insider information. He's offering geolocations of cell phones really? within a specific one-mile block. Oh, wow. He's offering cell phone logs and text message logs. Yeah. And I think the implications of that kind of service could be huge. Like, mm-hmm. it could be used to target government, um, you know, uh yeah, VIPs. Absolutely. Or it can be used for everyday stalking too. Right, yes. Which is something we were just addressing at a, a women's cybersecurity conference. Yeah. The danger of cyber stalking. yeah.
0: Yeah, it seems like there was a, a, a shift. Before it was all advanced persistent threats was the bee's knees. But now there's so much money in the crime space. That's where everything's happening. Absolutely. Because people yeah. are dumping money into tricking people and making – uh, weapons uh, on, in the cyberspace to be used against people. Mm-hmm. Um, what are, what is one thing that you would like to tell people ab- that aren't monitoring the dark web, and they're not looking at the underground stuff? Like, is there anything that they need to be cognizant of that, that they're, they've kind of turned mm-hmm. a, a blind eye to it?
1: Yeah. Oh man, there's so much going on out there. Yeah. So. What we're seeing on a regular basis is these threat actors are spinning up huge phishing campaigns and they're doing it quickly. They've got infrastructure that's potentially protected by the governments in those areas. Mm-hmm. So it's you know really difficult to have these uh, this phishing infrastructure taken down if you don't have visibility into what they're doing with it on the dark web. Right. So we're seeing you know how they're doing it, what they're doing. And then we're able to remediate it by going around them and you wow. know kind of getting ahead of the threat, really. Yep. Yeah. And that's what it's all about. Is it like is. if they're doing business in these secret forums, you got to have access to know what they're doing before they take action and actually do it.
2: Yep, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I don't spend too much of my time on the deep and dark web, but uh, I've always been curious about uh, great ways to get started and uh, doing more. Uh, intel and investigative work in that area. What's mm-hmm. a what's a good resource or something that comes to mind that is good for practitioners to uh, maybe uh, expand their capability in that aspect?
1: Yeah, um, there's a lot of really good reports out there. I know like Insights, we have Dark Web 101 and 201 out right now which kind of give everybody a high level overview of how to get started. I always recommend, um, we even recommend this to our customers if they want to go directly to the dark web and see this stuff, mm. using really good VPNs and anonymizers, using Tor, not uh, trying to access clear websites on Tor, um, which could potentially expose your network traffic in Tor nodes, right? things like that. Um, but also you can use all these different OSINT, open source research tools Mm -hmm. to Google and find um, where are credit cards sold on the deep web or whatever. And a lot of this stuff is accessible on the deep web, which is you can use Google Chrome and Internet Explorer if you know the websites to go to. Right. So I always recommend actually accessing it is simple, Um, just as simple as accessing clear websites and then knowing where to go and where to start. Building uh, anonymous uh, avatar profile or whatever. And, you know, staying in those forums and building a good reputation among that group. Mm -hmm. And that's really what it's all about in order to build trust in that community and be able to collect intelligence and see what's going on.
0: Yeah, obviously, you know, we're not lawyers, uh, didn't go to law school. Are there (laughs) legal ramifications of people trying just to do research, like they're not there to buy stuff or or be a part of any of that stuff? Is, Is there like a legal thing that people need to be cognizant of with this stuff?
1: That's a really good question, yeah. There absolutely is. A lot of organizations do not condone the use of Tor or those kinds of websites on their networks. Yep. So you have to be really careful. You have to have permission from the superiors. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, there are some dangers and risks involved that a lot of people don't think about before they start venturing out into that environment. Mm -hmm. And you have to realize you're dealing with hardened criminals, right? These guys don't care about humans. There's a lot of drug trafficking and human Mm -hmm. trafficking going on in these forums. And if you're out there looking for cyber threats, you have to be prepared for what you might be exposed to. Right. And also, um, not to loiter or linger, too long because law enforcement does have a presence, an mm-hmm. underground, you know, um, hidden presence in those right. forums. And they're kind of looking for who's asking the questions, who's making purchases, who's right. doing business together. Yeah. Wow. So you gotta use common sense and also make sure it's good with your company, unless yeah. you're doing it on your own private network at right. home or whatever,
0: yeah. Yeah, absolutely, do you st- do stuff on your own, like just your own personal avatar? <laughs> Obviously you don't wanna give away your, your sourcing or anything like that, but do well,
1: you, over the past few years that I've been doing CTI, I have so badly wanted to get into dark web. Yeah. And I was at the SAN CTI summit earlier this year and, mm-hmm. and somebody presented on um, you know, getting into the dark web and I asked him, How what about those of us that don't have permission from our companies, where do we start? Mm-hmm. And there wasn't really a clear response, like there's no real set path. Right. So I did do some stuff on my home network just trying to like experiment, find my way in and figure yep. out how do we do this, you know. Um but then I got this great opportunity to work for a dark web threat intel company, so now I Perfect. You know, yeah, now I have full permission to <laughs> yeah, yeah. to dig as deep as I can.
2: And I do it all day, eight hours yeah. a day. <laughs> and the best
1: part is I get to do it to help people secure their companies and organizations. So
2: really good. good. So now that you're on it, you have personas and interacting with uh, more individuals, how do you keep track of whether or not maybe a persona is burned or uh, they just know it's not an authentic uh, communication.
1: Yeah, um, quite often you'll get booted <laughs> from <laughs> <laughs> you'll get booted from the forum. The, all of a sudden, you try to log in, and it's like you're not allowed anymore. Mm, um, right. And and usually that happens when you're stagnant, when there's no activity and. They're like, oh, maybe it's you know uh, some kind of automated profile that's scraping or collecting from this forum. Right. So I think the human element is really important when you're doing this kind of intelligence gathering, and we have a team of over 20 analysts that have experience in in this underground, you know, um, landscape, and so they're daily actively involved in the forums and engaging with people.
2: Is there any? Any way that you can detect or uh, kind of get a prediction that your persona is banned, or uh, well, burned besides getting banned or kicked from the forums?
1: Um, I think um, admins and moderators might be asking questions. They they'll you'll know when they start getting suspicious. Gotcha. Uh, So it's kind of hard to talk around. Yeah. Talk around (laughs) that stuff. Um, But it's all a learning experience. Right. Yeah. We just start up a new avatar and, uh, try building the reputation from the ground up.
0: I'm sure it's a, a little less heavy than like being an undercover cop and like a, a criminal syndicate for yeah. two years. Uh, but is there also like things that you ha- have seen that you have to do to sort of like be in the in? Like, Oh, okay. This person will we'll allow them into the, yeah. into the fold. Is there, is there trials like that?
1: Yes. Um, there's a couple things that are really important to like, um, building our reputation in the dark web one is foreign language capability Mm -hmm. and so we strive to recruit people that are like analysts that have foreign language capabilities um especially in languages like russian um chinese korean Mm -hmm. um arabic farsi Mm -hmm. yeah um and then the other the other aspect is uh you know we we look for people that have experience Right. So we're not looking for necessarily like bad guys that have mm-hmm. been in the dark web, but um, the younger generation these days, they have been around deep and dark web for a while now and right. they know what's out there. Yep. Um, so we're looking for people that can really help us get the best sources possible.
0: Yeah. yeah. So Hacker Summer Camp, uh, you, I'm sure you've been all over the place. You've done yeah. a lot of things. You've probably been to like three or four different events at least. Yeah. Right. Uh, what are some of the highlights for, for the trip so far?
1: Oh, gosh. It's been such a busy week. Black (laughs) Black Hat is awesome. Um, Highlights are definitely ramping up for the release of our report, Dark Side of Russia. Mm -hmm. And it's generated huge interest. Yeah. So um, we've had lots of, you know, interviews. And um, I think it's been great to really just meet all these different people from all over the world that are interested in learning more about what's going on in Russia. Right. Why should we pay attention? And what are they doing in the dark web that's different from everybody else? Right. Yeah. Other than that, uh I'm attending the Diana Initiative right now, which is a right. great cybersecurity conference for women and yep. diversity. Absolutely. And we've heard some really interesting talks there. So, mm-hmm. it's it's going great. It's awesome.
0: Fantastic. And uh as far as the report, when when is that coming out? How do people get access to it?
1: Yeah, through our website, insights.com. It mm-hmm. was released yesterday.
0: Oh, yesterday. Yeah, oh, it's great. Brand but new. Yeah. i have to Hot go get, get it. Press. Hot off the press. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Fantastic. Yeah. So, uh, I just wanted to say uh, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, For everyone out there that wants to get in touch with you, maybe find out more about your company, about the stuff you're doing in CTI, how how do people get in touch with you the
1: most? Uh, Yeah, you can email me, charity.write at insights.com, or -hmm. find me on LinkedIn.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for being on here. So great to see you guys. (laughs) Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. That's it. We'll see you you all
2: next time.
1: That's a wrap.